The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Mike with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It's Hour 2. No golf course for us today due to tough weather. Uh, and that is cleared, thankfully, for the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Uh, Dolman was one of those voting yes. Put Schmidt on the water in a boat with lightning around the area. Elijah seconded. <laughs> That vote, but uh, other voices chimed in and said, stay home, don't ruin the equipment. You may blow it up anyway. Billy D., good to spend time with you. Thanks for jumping on. The weather is bad outside. I've got nothing but sunshine and uh, light, fluffy clouds outside of my place. Right. It moved through, and then there was lightning and nasty stuff up. Uh, there was, there was a, a delay on the golf course. They didn't resume till three. Yeah, that, that was the thing, Bills. Whenever you think about this logistically, which I kind of led the show off with, play resumed at three. We start this radio show at four. And with the time it takes to drive from Lincoln to Omaha and get all the equipment set up. and Even whatnot, if Elijah's driving. Hey, hey, we made it back in good time the past I'm not days. knocking you. Oh, I say man. even if Elijah's driving, you get there uh, like you're in a, in a Lamborghini or something. It's nice. Look, I saw a documentary about 20, 30 years ago about uh, a, a preacher and his uh, caddy who went out on a golf course in a torrential rainstorm, and they played through. Now, it ended poorly with a lightning <laughs> strike, but nevertheless, uh, they played through before the heavy came down. Now, you know? Well, you're having the round of your life. You miss a putt. You take the Lord's name in vain, and that's it, even if you are a preacher. I think it was a Pretty documentary. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was good. We don't allow gambling here at Bushwood, sir. Uh, speaking of gambling, we, we got to ask you about, are you in a crazy fantasy football league or not? Elijah is. And I'll let him no. lay out why. I, I'm in a intense fantasy league, but it's pretty good natured. Yeah, I, I'm not, I haven't been in a fantasy league for, you know, well, probably since the Mountain West Network shut down. So that's been about 10 years ago. We had a lot of fun with that because we were always together. And then on football Saturdays and Sundays and whatnot, we, we you know, you could, uh, it wasn't, we were watching games by yourself. So uh, that was always a lot of fun, but it wasn't anything that was uh, on the sadistic side, if you will. Um no branding. Uh, prior to that, I was in, you know, I was in a couple of leagues here in Lincoln. Uh, one that was profitable, uh, mm-hmm. especially if you want it. And it wasn't miserable until the end. I had uh, Tom Brady and Randy Moss the year that Brady threw for about 25,000 yards. And Moss had like 50 touchdown catches. But the league, of course, ended on the last day of the regular season, right? So where they benched uh, him. Uh, so I'm like, no, no, I'm like, I'm I can almost un, untouchable all year long. But the last game of the regular season is the Super Bowl of the Fantasy League. Well, they're playing Miami in New England. This is the year the, the, the uh, Patriots run beaten, I believe. And 
they're playing Miami in New England in late December or something. There's a snowstorm that comes through uh, Foxborough, and Brady goes for like uh, 13 of 17 for 140 yards, one pass to Moss, and then they shut it down. They won the game like 17 to 10 after they'd been beating everybody like 52 to seven. Mm-hmm. And so, and so that was a rather distressing day for me because I think I lost out about $700 or so still finished second, <laughs> which was a nice uh, worthwhile payday, but it sure could but have been. Counting. Well, yeah. Bill, Bill, here, here's the advice from somebody in a crazy fantasy football league. One year, maybe somebody got a little bit upset that the week 17, some starters were rested and their, their bench guys had to come in and you, you lose the league because of it. Don't know who that person was, but I won't name any yeah. names. You make the rule change. You always have the season finish one week before the regular season actually ends to avoid all that craziness. There's some expert advice for you, Bill, but I actually have a, a question for you. From all your years working with Tom Osborne and the Tom Osborne Coaches Show, was he a fantasy football guy? Well, you know, Elijah... <laughs> No, <laughs> I, 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 w- I would imagine that, pro- that, you know, Tom probably didn't get acquainted with fantasy football until maybe after uh, he was all done and somebody might have brought it up to him. I think he was focused on a few other things besides uh, fantasy football and how the Faber College All-Stars were, uh, were doing week in and week out. So we didn't talk if, about that very often, right? If you... We're in a fantasy league with T.O. and you drubbed him. Would you just talk it? What the hell kind of draft was that, T.O.? <laughs> I mean, would you just give it to him? <laughs> you, you know, I, I'm guessing no. Uh, no. I'm pretty sure that I would not have talked smack to Tom as long as, you know, he still had the pen and check in hand. So uh, that no, was probably going to be the case. But, you know, my, my team has always been uh, favor college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, generationally speaking, you know, that was a great name until you get a little older and you get in the league with people who are a lot younger and they're going, oh, is that, is that where you went to college? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I mean, I kind of lived that lifestyle at Daryl, Nebraska, you, but, you know, for, for those who are the youngers at Faber College, it was, is you know, the Animal House University. So mm-hmm. I thought it was a great name and it was for about 20 football, uh, fantasy football seasons, but after a while, nobody got it. Now, here's 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 a couple of fantasy football horror stories for you. Okay, um, after that league um, that where I almost won, the following year, uh, a lot of people had to do it remotely. So um, we decided to 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 do the draft, but the but the commissioner of the league did not set time limits on your pick. So I had Monday off, and we were going to do it like on a Monday or something like this, and I had like the second pick or the third pick, and the first the first guy worked that day, didn't make the first pick until like 7 o'clock in the evening, like, like 14 hours after the draft was supposed to start or something. The draft took over well, almost two weeks because they could, they, they, he didn't reset it. So two weeks of drafting online, which was awful. The next year – they want to do it online, so I, so I do my autofill. You know, Yahoo lets you do uh, pick your players and you know all that. So I did all my homework, and I had the players that were going to be picked as the as the draft went on. Didn't work, so I go to a Denver Bronco preseason game, and I come back. I've got five kickers, four defenses, and like uh, the equivalent of 
Um, uh, who's the, the Chase McDaniel is my starting quarterback. The, the booger eater. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I literally, so they're going, oh, we don't know what Bill's doing. Well, Bill thought I had it set up on Yahoo. I, I literally had five kickers, two, two or three defenses, and, and the equivalent of Chase McDaniel for my quarterback. That was that was an awful fantasy football season. I think that might have been my last one, actually. Wow. We've had two two team names that have have endured. One was Team Lazy Eye, <laughs> named after a guy's ex girlfriend, <laughs> and the other was Taste Like Chicken. After the value jet crash, with what one alligator said to another, uh, so yeah, yeah it, it was it was a little rough. But Team Lazy Eye still is my favorite nickname ever. <laughs> <laughs> All Here's right, football season, time. Fantasy football talk, you know. And the best part about it is the draft. You know, draft the draft, right? And then you get a little smack good. talk after that. But you know, tis the season. The uh, the the best fantasy football team name that I've ever seen in my life. Do you guys remember the, the Eagles tight end, Zach Ertz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, the team name was My Ball, Zach Ertz. Oh, wow. Well played. That's <laughs> the best well team played. name I have ever seen in my life. That's pretty No good. easy, easy transition, so we're just going to do it. <laughs> um, Nebraska football, will they be able to close in the fourth quarter, Bill Dolman? Well, I don't see them losing a game all season. So I would assume that they'll be able so, to close so when forced to, uh, you know, so should there be a game, you know, that's reasonably close in the fourth, I, I, I would say Nebraska will, will close it out. So, uh, yeah, for a team that's going to go unbeaten, how often they have to close it out that, you know, remains to be seen. But I, I would imagine that this team will be uh, much more, and, and maybe just because of change confident, uh, much more motivated, and not have a, I don't want to say loser mentality, but the mentality that you're not going to win in those situations. You know, I think about the team, what was it last year at Illinois at home? Uh, coming out, you know, they, they played so well in the in the uh, uh, first half. And they mm-hmm. came out on the field and you just had a feeling they're not going to win the game in the second half. And then, you know, there was so much of that in fourth quarters. I, I would think that Matt Rule, you know, just based on what we have all seen over the last eight months, probably has instilled in them that things are different. And, you know, I've, I've seen the the episode, what is it, the 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 what's next or, you know, who's in or whatever the, the, yeah. the, the hard knocks episode. I watched that and, you know, you get motivated listening to him talk and believing in what you're doing and the brotherhood and, and all of that. So I, I would think just by the, the, cheer cha- the, the sheer change in messaging, leadership, that that team is going to be much more uh, confident in fourth quarters than we've seen in the past couple of years. Bill, do you think Nebraska's success rate in those close games in the fourth quarter, those one-score games, is going to be the biggest indicator for how successful they are on this season? Because I kind of laid this out in the show yesterday. Whenever you look at the history of the Big Ten West and and just how close a lot of these games are. I think it's reasonable to expect that Nebraska is going to play in more one-score games in the fourth quarter than they don't this year. And when if you look at it like that, maybe eight, nine potential one-score games in the fourth quarter whenever I look at the schedule right now, is that the biggest indicator for how successful they're going to be on the year, that ability to, to rise above in those close games? 
Well, yeah, I, I hate to put it all on one guy, but I, I think it comes down to, you know, Jeff Sims' leadership at quarterback if it comes down to the offense needing to make a play. I don't think over the last couple of years, Nebraska has been showing a lot of confidence. And again, I think that confidence has just waned because one loss built on another, on another, and, and, and here we go again. And even, you know, and Adrian Martinez is, you know, last couple of years at Nebraska, he, he just did not have – uh, that air of confidence in, in game-winning drives, case in point, the Michigan game, right? So I think if Jeff Sims comes out and plays well and is the kind of leader that we've been led to believe that he is uh, through fall camp and with the single-digit number and all the praise that he's gotten on on the, the Huskers' hard knock show, I'll call it, you know, I I think if if he is who we believe, have been led to believe that he is, I think that there's a much better chance that the offense plays plays well in those close games. But, you know, that's another thing to remember, though. Nebraska has been in those games. It's not as though the Scott Frost era, as disappointing as it was, was marked by continual 30- and 40-point losses, right? There were so many close games, one-score games that that they were in. They just didn't believe they could win them. But they were close, right? And that's why, you know, this Minnesota game, people oh, I think Nebraska can beat Minnesota. How many games has Nebraska been in that have been close games with Minnesota that they should have won? I mean, the, the game All in Minneapolis them. a couple of years ago, falling down at the one-yard line four times, you score there, the game's over. So Nebraska has not exactly been completely blown out in all of the, the losses of the Scott Frost, Mickey Joseph era, okay? So I think if they're close and you just believe that you can get it done, that they'll get it done. But I, I think Sims' play and the confidence that they have in him offensively uh, is, is very significant. Bill, defensively, how much do you put into Tony White's comments today about just trying to, to drill down and, and not necessarily get confident, but just be sure. It feels like they're, they're not trying to overload these guys. The, the, the objective is to play fast and physical and not be the smartest defensive coordinator on the field. See guy, hit guy with the ball. That's really should be the defensive philosophy. And if they are as fast as they are, uh, they should be in a 3-3-5. That I think that's a playmaking defense. But if you do, if you get lost in the schemes and you're and if you're thinking too much on defense, you've already lost. Defense needs to be instinctive play, and they've got the athletes over there. And again, you, you have to go by what you've read and what you've heard. This is a leaner and meaner, bigger but leaner and meaner defense than what they've had. That the strength and conditioning has been fabulous in the off season. Guys who were really big have gotten bigger but leaned down like Ty Robinson or Gunnarsson or and then uh, 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 I'm trying Polar to think Cam Blenhart. You know, all these guys, it, it seems as though they have bought into how at least the defensive line is supposed to perform. And then if the defensive line performs like it should, whether it's a 5-2, you just got to clog up those holes and let linebackers and fast guys make plays. And if they do – that defense will be pretty solid. And and you have to like the demeanor of a Tony White. I mean, he, he has all the makings of a, of a future head coach. Whenever he speaks, I think there's something com- of commanding about his presence. Certainly very different than our beloved Charlie McBride. But there's something about his presence that I find intriguing that here's the guy that is supposed to lead this 
fast, physical, see ball, hit ball type defense. And uh, I like it. I, I like hearing from him. Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. The professor is Bill Dolman, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, this was fun. little fantasy football, Oscar football. Get your clubs dusted off for the weekend, all right? I might be studying my fantasy football uh, draft so I don't have to leave it up to the computer online. That would be a disaster. That makes sense. little AI, no thank you. Take care, Bill. We'll talk soon, bud. All right, boys. Go Big Red. Brady Holtman's coming up on Hale Varsity.